James said Cornelius, the Roman centurion, was the first convert among Gentiles, the first of millions to come. He proclaimed that God was calling out of the Gentiles a people who would be called by his name. Then he quoted the Amos passage, which predicted the raising up of the tabernacle of David, at which time a remnant of Jews would seek after the Lord, along with the Gentiles who are called by his name. This week on Connecting the Gap, we're going to get into the book of Acts and also get into the book of Romans and the prophecies in the letters as we get into our study on prophecies of the Bible, and we'll get started into that right after this. Welcome again to Connecting the Gap, a brand new episode this week as we continue on into the middle of May 2022. I'm Daniel Moore, your host, and welcome once again. I'm so glad you had the opportunity to join me today. Visit my website, connectingthegap.net. There you can see all of my podcast platforms that I am on. We put a new podcast episode every week. They average about 15 to 20 minutes long on an average. And right now we are doing an extensive study on prophecies of the Bible. Been in this for a while. We started in Genesis. And we are now into Acts starting this week, so you've got a lot of episodes to go back and catch up on if you have not been keeping up with where we are at. We are at episode 66 of my podcast since I started this a little over a year ago. And for all of you that's been with me from the beginning or uh, you just joined me recently, thank you so much for supporting me by coming and listening each week. And please keep me in your prayers as I endeavor to keep doing this podcast and this Bible study for you here on Connecting the Gap. Have a Facebook page as well. You can go to at ctgap online is my username on Facebook and I also have a Twitter you can get that link off of my website connectingthegap.net and then of course we're on Rumble and YouTube and as I mentioned last week we are now on the app Edify. It's E-D-I-F-I. All Christian podcasting, all Christian Bible studies on that app and we are now part of that as well so please go download that today if you don't use that app already and you can subscribe to our podcast as well as many others that are on that platform as well. Well, we're going to go ahead and just jump right into this this week. We're going to be getting into Acts, and we should be able to finish that up, and then we'll move on into the letters section of the New Testament, starting out with Romans, and we'll be getting into that today as well. In Acts, we're going to start with chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. It says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. The disciples had grew up with the Old Testament scriptures. They were rightly taught that the Messiah, or the Christ, the coming King and Deliverer, which was Jesus, will return to establish a kingdom, that the kingdom will be centered in Israel, that Messiah will be the king, and they will, he will sit on the throne of David in Jerusalem. The event in this passage took place after Jesus was raised from the dead. He had returned to visit his disciples and teach them, but they seemed to think he had returned to establish his earthly kingdom. 
They wanted to know if the time for him to do that had arrived. Jesus did not deny that the kingdom will be restored. He simply pointed out that God did not want him to reveal the time to them. Some people criticize those who are interested in Bible prophecy, but the disciples were interested in it, and Jesus did not rebuke them for that. He said, in fact, we should watch for his coming. The question the disciples asked Jesus has nothing to do with signs of the rapture, with the time of the rapture, or with anything else about the rapture. They asked about the earthly kingdom of Jesus, but many mistakenly think that they asked about the rapture. Actually, they probably didn't even know what the rapture was. We now know that God decided to establish his church and call out a people before he restores the kingdom to Israel. But after the church is raptured and after the tribulation period, Jesus will return to restore a kingdom that will exist through the millennium. In Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, he'll be back. It says, Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. This event took place when Jesus appeared to his disciples for the last time. He walked around on earth talking to them, and then suddenly he began to rise into the clouds. He went up and disappeared from sight. The disciples were still looking at the clouds when two angels, which are heavenly beings that serve God, usually messengers, said Jesus had gone to heaven. He is now seated at the right hand of God and will one day return in the same way he left. His departure was literal, bodily and visibly. To return the same way, he will have to come back literally, bodily and visibly. John Hagee was quoted saying, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Glory, will appear suddenly in the heavens, brilliantly in a way that no one will be able to miss. Jesus was taken up into heaven in a body that his disciples could see and talk to, which means he will return in a body that people can see and talk to. This is important because some people do not believe in a bodily resurrection of the dead, and some people wonder what Jesus will be like when he sits on his throne in Jerusalem. Just remember that Jesus was raised with the body, he went away with the body, and he will return with the body. The return being referred to here is the second coming, not the rapture. Jesus was on the Mount of Olives at the very high hill about three-quarters of a mile east of Jerusalem with his disciples when he ascended into heaven, and he will return there at his second coming. This also happens to be the same place where he taught his disciples about his second coming and the end of the age. In Acts chapter 15, verses 14 through 17, God has a threefold program. The scripture says, Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. Church leaders had gathered in Jerusalem for a very important meeting. After much discussion, a man named Jesus began to speak. 
What he said reveals God's threefold program for the future, beginning almost 2,000 years ago. Number one, James agreed with Simon Peter that God is currently working among the Gentiles, that's the non-Jews, to select a group of people for himself. This select group is called the church. Secondly, after God has taken out his church, Jesus will return to establish the house of David, that's the family, lineage, or descendants of King David, a great Jewish king. This means Jesus, a descendant of David, will come back to restore the nation of Israel and rule over it. And thirdly, within the remnant of Jews that is left, and all the Gentiles who call themselves Christians, will serve Christ. It is important to notice that James pointed out that what Peter had said conformed to the words of the prophets. The claims of religious people should always be compared to the scriptures. This will be especially critical when the Antichrist and his false prophets are in control. Step 1, the establishment of the church has been underway for almost 2,000 years. Step number 2, the return of Jesus to rule over Israel is future, but it appears to be getting close because of the reestablishment of that nation. Step 3, a remnant of Jews and Gentile believers will survive the tribulation period and repopulate the earth during the millennium. Some people are not interested in the rapture, but that is when church members will be raised with a new body. It is also a prelude to the judgment of believers and the dispensing of heavenly rewards. In the rapture, Jesus will judge the living and the dead. That's Acts 10.42. In Acts 17.31, the resurrection of Jesus is assurance that God will judge believers. In Acts 24.15, there will be a resurrection of the just, or the believers. In Acts 26.15-18, Christians have forgiveness and an inheritance. The Bible speaks of a judgment of self, a judgment of nations, a judgment of believers, a judgment of fallen angels, and a judgment of unbelievers. In Acts 17, verse 31, the resurrection of Jesus is assurance that God will judge unbelievers. In Acts 24, 15, there will be a resurrection of the unjust or the unbelievers. Well, that's going to wrap up Acts for the study on prophecies of the Bible. So now we're going to move on into the next section of the New Testament, and that is the letters. We're going to be starting out with Romans as we continue our study running on towards Revelation. So to preface this, the New Testament contains 27 books, and there is a wide agreement that the Apostle Paul authored 13 of them. Many scholars also believe Paul wrote a 14th book, the book of Hebrews but this has not been proven. Nine of the 13 books accepted as Paul's are addressed to churches and four to individuals. The nine addressed to churches are placed in the Bible before the four addressed to individuals and all are organized according to length. The longest appear first in each category and the shortest appear last. The only book that seems out of order is the book of Galatians, and for that we really have no explanation. The nine books addressed to the churches are Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. The four books addressed to individuals are 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. So as we kick off Romans here, we're going to start in Romans chapter 2, verses 5 through 6. It refers to a treasure that you really don't want. It says, But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. 
Paul was talking here about the coming judgment of God when his thoughts turned to those who reject the treasures of God, his kindness, tolerance, and patience. People ought to recognize the goodness of God and repent of their sins, but many will not do that. They receive his blessings daily, but will not change their wicked ways. When the record books are open, they will receive a different kind of treasure. It will coincide with the evil they have done and come out of the wrath, or God's firm intent to punish sin and sinners, of God. Noah Hutchings was quoted saying, In 1 Corinthians 3, we are informed about the treasures of the children of God which have been laid up in heaven. But here in Romans 2 verse 5, Paul says that the ungodly are likewise laying up treasures to be revealed in the day of wrath at the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. From verse 6, we know the latter refers to the great white throne judgment. David Brees was quoted, So the fund of human iniquity and consequent divine judgment is building in a kind of cosmic bank. While this is the day of grace and God is not moving in devastating judgment, it is also the time that iniquity is being recorded in a book that will one day be opened. Those who respond to the goodness of God, repent of their sins, and accept Jesus as their Savior are storing up treasures also, rewards in heaven. What kind of treasures do you want in your account? After the millennium, those who have died without accepting Jesus as their Savior will be raised from the dead and made to appear before the great white throne of God. The books will be opened and they will be judged according to what they have done, and all of them will wind up in the lake of fire. The Bible clearly teaches that there is a judgment after death, but most people give little consideration to what that will be like. At the great white throne judgment, people will be judged even if they do not know what the Bible says, but those who have heard the word will be judged more severely. That's Romans 2, 12-13. In Romans 2, verse 16, the judgment will include secret thoughts, motivations, and intentions. You probably heard the saying before, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Well, in Romans chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, it says, But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish, on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first, and also of the Greek. Those individuals and nations that have the wrong attitude toward God, the self-seeking ones who live to glorify themselves, and those who reject the truth of God's word, the ones who follow sin instead of Jesus, will receive wrath and anger. There will be a time of trouble and distress, suffering and affliction, which is during the tribulation period, for every human being who sins. It will begin with the Jews, but it will include the Gentiles. Woodrow Kroll was quoted as the gospel was promised to the Jew first and also to the Greek, so likewise the fruit of unrighteousness is of the Jews first and also of the Gentile. The power of God to save people is found in the gospel. It was given to the Jews or the nation of Israel first, and then it was given to the Gentiles. And that is the way the judgment of God will fall. The nation of Israel will be first in line, but the Gentile nations will be right behind them. The Gentile world seems to have forgotten that God allowed the northern kingdom of Israel to fall to the Assyrians in the 8th century BC, that he allowed the southern kingdom of Judah to fall to the Babylonians in the 6th century BC, and that he allowed the Romans to defeat Israel in 70 AD. Gentile nations have failed to learn lessons about how God deals with wayward countries from those historical events, so we are doomed to go through what Israel went through. 
We're going to wrap it up this week with that passage of Scripture. We'll get back into Romans next week as we finish up the month of May. And uh, we're going to be continuing on into Romans with our study on prophecies of the Bible. Thank you guys once again for joining me this week. Visit my website, ConnectingTheGap.net. My Facebook and Twitter links are there, as well as all my platforms, a page on how to get saved, and much, much more. So please check that out. Subscribe and share. And thank you again for all your prayers as we continue with our ministry here at Connecting the Gap. Well, I'm Daniel Moore saying so long. I'll be back with you again next week as we continue on. Until then, don't forget that God's Word never fails us. God's Word has stood the test of time. And through Jesus' death on the cross, He has connected the gap. (laughs) 